Hey, pardon my take, listeners. You can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. On today's Pardon My Take, we have former GM of the Jets and former Vice President of Football Ops for the Dolphins, Mike Tannenbaum, same guy. He now works for ESPN. He was in person, great interview, a little different because it was a lot of inside the NFL, how a front office works. Uh, We also held his feet to the fire on a couple of his takes against Baker Mayfield. So shout out, Baker. We got your back still. Uh, We have uh, football back officially. Little Olympics talk. USA basketball is back. Fire Fest of the week. And we're going to go back to basics with our Mount Rushmore. So we did a couple outside the box. Now we're coming back down down the fairway here with Mount Rushmore of pizza toppings. We're going to do all of that in a second. We're brought to you by our friends at Coors Light. Do you ever feel like summer just flies by? There's a lot of talk that August is the end of summer. Well, it's not. We're holding on to summer, and we're slowing down the last month of summer with Coors Light. Summer always feels like the shortest season, but we need to make the most of it. We also just need to chill as the beer that's literally made to chill because it is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. Coors Light is the best beer out there to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind this summer. Send us your Blue Mountains. We love seeing the Blue Mountains, especially on the weekend. You crack open a nice Coors Light. You sit down. You enjoy the nice weather. You enjoy friends. You enjoy family. You can do it all with the beer that's made to chill and soak in the last month of summer. Coors Light, it's officially the beer of slowing down summer because as the beer that's made to chill, we want to savor every second of summer. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash take. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coors Light, send us those blue mountains. It's the weekend, baby. We're about to have a Friday show, so send us those blue mountains. We'll retweet them. Love Coors Light. Okay, let's go. Pardon My Take, presented by Barstool Sports. Welcome to Pardon My Take, presented by Coors Light, the beer made to chill. It's the beer for the summer. Send us those blue mountains. It is the weekend. It is Friday, August 6th, and football is officially back. We got football, baby. We're recording this earlier in the day. It's 12.10 in the afternoon. Yes. Uh, But I can tell you what happened at the Hall of Fame game tonight already. Ben Roethlisberger was there. Yes. He was on the sidelines. Sunflower seeds? Sunflower, uh, no, uh, gum. Gum. Actually, no, jerky. Uh, gum, how about, how about, uh, it would be like Kung Pao chicken flavored gum. Yeah. It might have just been Kung Pao chicken. He might have had just a PF smoothie. Just a mixture of all the appetizers blended into one creamy drink. But Ben was on the sidelines. He looked, some people think that he looked good tonight. Yes. I, I, so when people, uh, shit on the first preseason games and the Hall of Fame game, they don't realize what this does for us. Tonight is all about 
just getting your eyes used to the colors on the screen, a ball moving back and forth, the helmets, the score, all that stuff. It doesn't we know the game stinks. I think the over under was like 32 and a half tonight. We know that it, it's the hall, over. the hall of fame game has changed where it used to be you'd get maybe like a series of the starters. Now we get nothing. We get like all backups all the time and I get it. I understand it. It's about just getting yourself in the motion, feeling like it's a, it's a practice swing. It's not even a practice swing. It's it's looking at the pitcher, timing the pitcher mentally from the dugout. The practice swings are like week three of the of the preseason. It, this is going to be important tonight for a couple reasons. One, we get Gucci Danucci back on the field yep. on the team. It's actually better. I like the fact that we've got Ben Danucci playing quarterback tonight because it feels like he's a starting quarterback in a weird way because we did see him start a primetime game last yes. year. So it's like, oh, yeah, this means more. This Hall of Fame year, I, I recognize that guy. So we've got Gucci Danucci, and then we've also got uh, whatever new – curveballs that Fox is going to throw at us with the score bugs and like the different graphics on screen. This is our first time seeing is that. Is Fox tonight? I think it's you on Fox. I was going to say, gets you back to Joe Buck. Joe Buck? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Tom Rinaldi back yes. on the number one team. Love so it. Love it. Is the that. Goose going to be on the sideline? No, if, if bring him back. Bring back the Goose. Get him on the show. Aikman, Aaron Andrews, and Tom Rinaldi. It's fucking disgusting. We do that we have to. Yeah, we, do. we have to be begging Fox to put Tony Siragusa back in a on small the hat, in a small in hat, a big coat, just wearing whatever he still has in his closet from when he was a uh, when he had his cameo on The Sopranos, looking like a bear. Get him back there. But it, it is going to be interesting to see like what weird. Like flag graphics they have yep, for us, yep. Player intros, get mad about that. It's re- yeah, it's just stuff to get mad about in the new broadcast. And you know what? It's also stuff where once the actual regular games start happening and people start complaining in week one about yes. the new things, be like, dude, I I was mad about this a month ago. Yeah, you're listen, you're casual. You you miss one very important thing that's happening tonight. This is time traveling night because. The Cowboys are on Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks starts on Tuesday, which we will obviously be reviewing uh, right after every show or after the Hard Knocks show. So we get to watch things happen in the game and be like, "Ooh, I bet that's going to be on Hard Knocks." Usually, the first preseason game, you get one guy who's like the 85th guy on the roster who returns a punt. You're like, "Ooh, maybe he'll make the team." Probably won't, but for at least a little bit, you'll think maybe he'll make the team. But I love trying to figure out what's going to be on Hard Knocks and then seeing it and be like, oh, fuck. It's the um, verbal meme, Leo. Yeah. Leo's pointing at the at the TV being like, I saw that. I remember that. Right, because you get to see it on the on the fancy cameras. Yeah, I remember later, when I saw that in real before life. Before you saw it on, on the television cameras. Okay, so is Jerry Jones going to be – there are no owner suites as far as I know in this stadium. Governor suites, excuse me. Yep. Uh, so is he going to be on the sideline the entire time or is he just going to be parked in his bus with like a pair bus. of binoculars – He's got a big party. He throws a big party, I think, every every Hall of Fame Huge party. weekend. Yeah. So he throws a big party Jerry, every weekend. Jerry might not be there, but I do think that Mike McCarthy, knowing that the Hard Knocks cameras are going to be on him, and he knows that Jerry Jones is going to watch every episode of Hard Knocks because yeah. Jerry's a big, like, flashy TV guy. I want to see what the media is saying about me all the time. Mike McCarthy, I think, this preseason is going to really kind of let it all hang out. I would like Mike McCarthy, uh, noted watermelon smasher, to use it as a preseason. Maybe smash like a single grape before the game. Yeah, just in between his fingers. <laughs> yeah, just be like, look at this, guys. Make some wine. Yeah. All right, I don't so, know. I, Something to think for about. For that reason, I'm going to take the Cowboys in the game tonight just because I think that McCarthy, he knows that Jerry Jones has his like Emperor Palpatine breath. Yes. Breathing down his neck yes. all the time, so he wants to set a tone, and he knows that he's on hard knocks. What's that? What's that, Hank? 
wh- that came out of nowhere. Just because I haven't ever watched Star Wars doesn't mean I can't make the references. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Sick reference. Yeah, yes, bro. It was yeah. a sick reference. I've also never watched Star Wars. Um, <laughs> all right, Does so, he look like Emperor Palpatine or not? Yeah, no, he does. All right, does. Then, was then, then he lied. It worked. It was. It I was, worked. I was let, just, just taking it back. Let yeah. me cook over here. No, I, it was great. I was like fully supportive. Um, all right, so yeah, football's back. We also... Joe Judge is now – it's an arms race between Joe Judge and Dan Campbell, who who can be more hilarious in their football guy-ish uh, uh, you know, characteristics. So you had Dan Campbell talking about uh, fighting. You had him talking about like the like 200 milligrams of caffeine that he consumes I, every morning. It was morning. more than that. It was insane. But then Joe Judge comes over the top. We, we talked about the uh, scrum, the fight that happened at, at Giants camp on uh, Wednesday, I think it was, or Tuesday, Joe Judge then came out afterwards the next day and he said, I'm not going to lie, it turned me on a little seeing the guys that passionate. Mm-hmm. So he is, and I, I'm just going to say that's a he's lying. It turned him on a lot. Yeah. Like, no, there, there's no way it was just a little. No, he's... He he's, was full mass. He's, he's bonking himself. So just to fact check your stat a little bit there, Big Cat, you said... What two hundred milligrams? I don't know. I I didn't know. It's eleven hundred milligrams of caffeine. Insane. So I think it would kill him. I don't think there's any way. No, it it would kill most like small gorillas. Yeah, I think that so eleven hundred milligrams of caffeine. We'll put put the clip in right here. Yeah. What's the okay? Put put the clip in. Well, normally what I do is I get I'll get two venti. I go you know Starbucks. I get two venti of the pipe with two shots in them. So black eye in both. That's what I come in with. That's how I start the day. So, so in perspective, like a C four, a C four energy drink yeah. that you drink before a workout, that has three hundred milligrams of caffeine. So this is nearly four C fours. How much that he drinks every impossible. morning? Uh, listen, impossible. I believe that Dan Campbell can process it. I think I'm that figure out how much caffeine I drink a day. If you or I did it, we would die. Okay, I mean, like literally, well, literally die. I just based off of googling, like how much in a large coffee, I probably have about six hundred milligrams of caffeine a day. Yeah, I, ha- I drink about two large coffees and a cup of coffee in the morning. Okay, so, so that's I'm still halfway of what Dan Kim and I'm always caffeine. So I'll drink a C four in the morning if I'm going to the gym, and then I'll drink a cup of coffee at around noon with my lunch. So that brings me to about five hundred, four hundred fifty. Right. Per day. So combined, we're not drinking as much as Dan Campbell. Well, combined, we're not drinking as much caffeine as Dan Campbell does before 8 a.m. Jesus Christ. Guy's Football just, guy. Yeah, he's just ready to roll. I actually think that Dan Campbell would have his testicles replaced with little mini footballs. Yeah. Uh, well, depending on how he many kids, if has. he's done having kids. Yeah. Because, well, you know, that's his team at home. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> like, you gotta, <laughs> Wife is the coach at the house, you know? you got to take care of your team at home. <laughs> um, all right, we also have... a. Li- Olympic fever. Where are we at? Uh, USA basketball is good again, so well, that's good. We have the the, the uh, finals against France. We should. Smash what are you going to say? Did uh, you? Memes. Our, our fact checker in the booth here just said that the Joe Judge quote is from a fake account. No, everyone ran with it. Damn. Uh, no, it can't be from a. fake There was account. multiple blue check marks that, that that ran with that. That sucks. I'm not going to believe that. That's one of those ones that it even if it's fake, it's almost like the Waffle House guy. Even if that's fake, it's good enough that I'm running with it. I think that it's real. Yeah. I saw enough blue checks get duped by Hey, it. Billy. Billy's here. Billy. Billy just walked in. Thanks for telling me we moved it up. Well, you... Whoa, <laughs> so you whoa, come in and Hold you, on, hold you on. Blame, let's let's unpack this real quick. <laughs> like, so I said uh, 1145... One o'clock? No, never. Billy, I thought eleven forty-five. Can everyone? 
can everyone have my back Was here? this conversation had when I was the here? The guy said he we, has to leave by 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock. I said noon, and then I moved it up 15 minutes, and we actually waited till 12.07 to start. So okay, we gave okay, you seven sorry. minutes There's out. a miscommunication. Wow, just throw yeah, I, I guess no, I don't know. I came forty five minutes earlier than I thought I was supposed to be here. <laughs> how did you think we all got how do you think we all were here though? <laughs> Wait, Pink Cat, what you're you're missing the very important fact that Billy was forty five minutes early, early to being an hour and a half late. <laughs> 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 I wasn't. We weren't even mad. We were just like, "This is." We looked at your last. What was his last tweet? No. So I checked. I was like, "I, I hope Billy's okay." Let's see what his last tweet was, and it was, uh, "Black bears are scared of cats." <laughs> <laughs> Did you check the newest one? We wait. We waited till. Okay, I'm before. sorry. I no, you're fine. Know. It's I okay. I mean, besides the, the whole saying there was a miscommunication, which was not true. You I'm can, not mad at you. No, we're not mad. No, I'm this, definitely this, not mad. This, this is not a beat up on Billy. We're having a great show. It, this is actually like 12 hours earlier than we normally take on a Thursday when we yeah, so after you're midnight. Super early. I'll get it. If we were in Tokyo, you'd be on time. Time zones, man. <laughs> time zones. <laughs> time zones and ooey gooey delivery cookies really messed you up. We were also <laughs> thinking that you were you were just hung over from too many sweets last night. I did imbibe in some very good cookies. Yes, last night. Billy, you've been crushing it, so I have no Thank complaints. You. Don't worry. I'm just ma- I'm more frustrated with myself. That's okay. There, there you go. That's Boom. yeah. You what is it? What's the old saying when you have when you're pointing a finger, four p- fingers are pointing back at you, yes. which is not actually true. Three. No one three. Yeah, no one points fingers. with. Well, some if you point with your thumb, how can you point? Like Frank kind of points with his thumb when he gets tired. When his thumb gets tired. What, are, what if you do the uh, the poly walnuts, which is that one? Hey, yeah, that's two back at you. Two at you, two at me. Very efficient guy, that Paul. Uh, all right, Olympics. We were talking Olympics. The uh, So the U.S. men's basketball team is back. They better win gold. And you know what? Then we can do the whole, like, oh, I can't believe we doubted them. Um, speaking of doubting, did you guys see LeBron? He's he's laying the what? Well, one. I tried to look last night. I heard there he was deleted some crazy it yeah, right and away. I went back and couldn't find he it. He deleted it right away. He del- All right, I'm going to pull it up. So he deleted it uh, I, I right away. I saw someone say that he deleted right it twice. Yeah, I have it right yeah. here. He said, keep talking about my squad, our personal ages, the way they play. We're past our prime in this league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do me one favor, please, all caps. And I mean, please, all caps, prayer hands emoji. Keep that same narrative. Energy, all caps. When it begins, that's all I ask. Hashtag thank you, King Emoji. And I told him, I was like, don't worry. I absolutely will keep that same energy. But I just want to point out uh, that the Lakers are the odds-on favorite to win the West, and they have the second-best odds to win the championship. Well, they're not – I don't think they're so – I don't think they're odds-on. They are favorites to they're win. Fav- yeah, favorites they're favorites to win the West. To win the West. Yeah. And their favorite and their second favorites to win the uh, championship. And I'd like to point out that when he runs through this list of things, he's very clearly just singling out individual teammates that he has with every line that he delivers. So he's saying, "Yeah, keep talking about our personnel ages." So that's directly pointing at himself. The way they play, that's Westbrook. Excuse me, Westbrook. Mm-hmm. We're past our time in this league, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, and also personal ages, uh, Dwight Howard. Yes. So he's he's he singled out with each line who we should be attacking for him. Please. Save me a lot of time on that one. Please, all caps. I'm going to keep that same energy. I promise. This is my – isn't that the name of his school? 
I promise. Pro- promise, Cat. I promise our, to the, LeBron. I our, will keep that same energy. You're welcome. Hashtag, you're welcome, King. This is the part of my take, Promise Academy. All right, we so will, we will fulfill that. Let's talk about Olympians that are actually playing in the Olympics and actually like care about our country. So, yeah, the basketball. When is that game? Anyone? I believe Probably it's like ten thirty Eastern tomorrow, Friday night. Ten thirty Eastern PM Friday night. Correct. So, so we, we can watch check, it. But something along on so we can watch it on T on the cock. Hate that. I'm not sure. Um, also, I had an epiphany today. I just maybe it's the time zone, maybe it's the no crowds, but so our four by one hundred team sucks. Oh my god! And there were like a lot of people who were like, "This is a debacle. How are we so bad at this?" I was like, "I really just don't care. Like, I want us to win, but mm-hmm. if we don't, I don't pride, lose any sleep over it." Well, I don't lose any sleep either, but I would I would like to see them win just because I remember yeah, but, gr- growing up that four by one hundred relay team was so good, and now but do you they care? don't know how to pass a baton to each other. I I pretend to care every four years during the Olympics. Yes, yeah, I, I guess I, I was just sick don't about care. that baton. Yeah, right. that baton pass. I was sick. The baton pass on? was bad. Our our shot putters were sick, were awesome. They though. were those guys are they need them all in the WWE. It's they're so, fucking beasts. It's so sick after they throw the shot put. They'll scream. They make tennis players look like giant p words because they'll just scream out and they'll they'll say things like a professional wrestler would. There was one guy, the uh, the dude from Oregon that set the Olympic record last night. He throws a shot put and then he goes like, "Oh yeah, yeah." No, they're wrestlers. They are wrestlers that just aren't wrestlers yet. I also just love any sport that you can keep your shirt on the whole time. They're just wearing t-shirts. Yep, that's the best sport that's ever been created. Uh, there was I little suggestion for how to fix the 4x100 relay team. It's actually pretty simple. Just practice with a tic-tac. Practice mm. with something smaller. Or practice. Than the, yeah, just practice. It seemed like they didn't practice yeah, well, at all. We can take that back to square one, say, just practice with each other eventually. Carl Lewis just roasted them. Yep. Man. Uh, yeah, and then the only other fix I had was uh, I was watching the, the climbing. You can't have ropes. You just can't. Like, they just... They what? They just go balls to the wall, up the wall. Like they, there's no fear of death or injury or anything. It's just not real. Mm-hmm. I need them to climb. I need them to free solo up the wall. Uh, back to the the U.S. basketball team, real quick. If you saw the first half of the game last night, I thought we were going to get our asses kicked. It was it was as bad as it's been. It was to the point where it was our offense was just if you if you happen to get into a half court set, just either give Katie the ball. Or give Dame the ball and then hope that their shot goes. Unfortunately, Katie's good enough where he kept it close. But like we were fucking awful in the first half. At halftime, Pop was probably like, "Whoever whoever loses this game has to claim Kyrie Irving." And then they're like, "Okay, fuck, we better step it up." Yeah, in the second half. Hey, listen, I I doubted them, uh, but actually, no way. I don't think I doubted them, and then I found out that they were all just. Uh, drunk the whole time in Vegas, so then I undoubted that. Well, they looked like they were high for the first half last night. It was it was really really bad, and I think I don't know. It, there's absolutely something to be said for a team that has practiced more than like a week together. Yes, playing in an international competition to the point where I think I feel like the winner of the basketball tournament could have put up a better performance in that first half than USA did. A little tip: the the uh, the third place game uh, between Slovenia and Australia. Australia, this group of Australians have never meddled. They're going to have some extra motivation. And Luca, I think, got maybe a little dinged up. I don't know, I'm just saying. Okay. Mortal Lock of the Century, Australia, third place game. You got to find the teams that actually, it's like bowl season. It's mini bowl season. You know, Delhi's going hard that game. Yeah, like, what? Do, what's the motivation here? Luca just carried his team to the semifinals. And now is he going to be like, I'm really want a bronze medal? 
Australia, that group together, has never won a, a medal. So well, it might hmm. be the only time that Luke is ever going to be in a semifinals. Oh, that's true. Never gets out of the first round. Yeah, wait. I can't wait to start that narrative yeah, next year. Is Luca? Is he a coach killer? That's a good question. It's is he a franchise killer? The Mavs had some issues. <laughs> he might be. Um, all right. Anything else before we get to our Mount Rushmore? Yeah, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to apologize to Bryce and DeChambeau. Oh yeah. Can I apologize? Yep, Bryce and I'm sorry. Um, we, you know, we we may have pointed some fingers. Billy especially saying that. Hey, maybe you just pretended to have COVID so that you wouldn't have to get drug tested at the Olympics, where the standards are much stricter. Uh, I'm sorry for saying that. It turns out that Bryson, he's not sure how he got COVID. He doesn't have the vaccine, but he said that he didn't take the vaccine because he didn't want to take it away from yes. someone else who might have needed it. Chivalrous. So, how how many lives do you think that Bryson DeChambeau Lots. saved by pretending to get COVID? I when I read that quote, I was like, is this quote from from December? Yeah, like it made no sense. You could, if you walk down the street in New York, you will get you will get propositioned with the vaccine every other block. Yeah, I literally got the vaccine in Grand Central Station. Right. Yeah, you could get it. You just you stumble into the vaccine. But Billy, how many? But people, Bryson, how good ma- for him. How many people did you kill because you selfishly took the vaccine? I think there was more vaccines getting wasted. But, uh, did you see they're going to start paying uh, influencers a thousand bucks to talk about the vaccine? I I know you're a big vaccine guy, Billy. Can, can I become a vaccine influencer? Yes. Yeah, I think that'd be great. But you have to podcast. believe it. I will. It's called. Oh, a, you will. And you I have to money, get it again. You'll believe that it's I will, good. I will get vaxxed up six times. Like once you get vax, yes. it's breaking the seal. Become, we actually, yeah, Billy, we might finally. have to get vaxxed again. I will get six vaccines. We might. Have it's a hundred bucks each, right? Yeah, yeah, but if you talk about it more, you'll be an influencer. No, I th- and I think if you have like between a thousand and like a hundred thousand Instagram followers, they'll pay you like a thousand. Yeah, we should get a promo code. Promo code Billy. If you show up and ask for <laughs> the vaccine, promo code Billy. Billy gets five five want, bucks. Oh, that big pharma money. This oh. is you can use all your pie energy into this. Yeah, perfect. A, a, a couple other things that I had. Uh, ben Simmons. Yes. Says that he wants to play for the Warriors right now. So do Appar- I. Apparently, he's cut <laughs> off all communications with the Philadelphia 76ers and says that he wants to play for the Warriors. I have uh, I have three words. Two words, actually. Shooters shoot. Shooters shoot. <laughs> I, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, dude, we all do. We all would like to play with Steph. Uh, I Also, I feel like he cut off communication with the Sixers a long time ago. They just happened to get to that now. Right. Communication like are still, still cut off. <laughs> yes, yes. And then uh, the bidding war is over. RG3 is yep. back in the NFL. Yep. There's been a treaty signed, a peace treaty between Fox and ESPN. He's going on ESPN, but there's an out in his contract that says that if he gets signed to an NFL roster – he can leave ESPN midseason. Ooh, so okay. let's get RG3 back in the NFL. There's also two other things that just popped in my head. One, Phil Rivers opening the door or not closing the door on his career was the best news ever because we can hope is a dangerous thing, but it will carry us for at least a year or two thinking Phil Rivers may show up somewhere and we get him back in our lives. And then the clip of Jameis getting just ragdolled by the uh, by the pads. Mm-hmm. I. I am so so excited for Jameis Winston on Sundays. Like I'm, I, we, I think we have to slow play it though. We can't root for him to be full hilarious Jameis throwing pick sixes because we don't want him to get no. benched. I, no, I want him to come out there and set the set the league on fire and then have one or two slapstick worthy plays per week. You know, I want but, him, but while he's still playing well, there are two quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that I think could have fit in seamlessly in the Three Stooges, 
One is Eli Manning, yep. and the other is Jameis Winston. He's yes. just he's hilarious to watch. He's got the the best unintentional like pratfalls ever. It's the best. So, so get yeah, excited. We want him to play well. And with the Philip Rivers thing, he said he went out of his way to say, "I'm going to finish the season coaching football right. for my high school team." Right. And then afterwards, I'll come back. So he's. This is actually, you know what? It's, it's going to be Philip Rivers doing another fourth quarter comeback, but this time for an entire season. I'm, I'm excited. Season, and it's very clearly just an example of like he he went home and he had to be a dad to nine kids for the first time in his life and he was like yeah i don't think i'm retired yet this is a lot i think i probably could use some time in the office right yeah right at the end of summer when school hasn't started back up and he should be at camp yeah and he's like oh man yeah okay i, I kind of miss sleeping in a dorm yeah, this one's tough um all right let's do our mount rushmore and then we have a great interview in person with mike tannenbaum talking about nfl front offices and how they work and everything behind that uh, before we get to our Mount Rushmore, Cross Country Mortgage. Cross Country Mortgage is uh, like us. They're people first people. Mortgage is, shouldn't be a scary word if you're trying to uh, buy a home. If you're renting right now, you don't know if you can buy a home, You know, he- head over to Cross Country Mortgage, talk to them, start the conversation. They can figure out a way to get you on the right track so that you can buy a home. If you are trying to buy a home right now, Rates are at all-time low, and they may, ne- may never get this low again, so it's a perfect time to talk to Cross Country Mortgage. Or if you're trying to refinance, you can also talk to Cross Country Mortgage because they'll hook you up. So call today for a fast, free rate quote. Our partners will save you a lot of money. Call today, and our friends at Cross Country Mortgage will give you a free home valuation that is free to you just for calling just like the all-star athlete, Cross Country Mortgage pushes themselves through the entire lending process. If they get blocks, they figure out ways around to get the ball over the line. Don't miss the window as rates are expected to creep up. Reach out to them and see what they can do for you. And when you connect with Cross Country Mortgage, tell them Barstool sent you. Go to crosscountrymortgage.com slash barstool to learn more about your future home buying experience or refinance your current mortgage today. Crosscountrymortgage.com slash barstool. Cross Country Mortgage LLC NMLS 3029. All loans subject to underwriting approval. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Ball. 68. All right. You're going 68? No, no, you just threw me that ball. Okay. All right, Four. So, so the Mount Rushmore of pizza toppings. We're going back to basics. So we had a couple outside-the-box ones. Now, uh, we did do I, – I, I tried to look it up because I didn't want to re- have a repeat, which we might have done on Monday by accident. Uh, we did the Mount Flushmore of pizza top or okay. toppings in general. So we have not done Mount Rushmore of top pizza toppings. Um, all right, Hank, your number. Four. Big cat. What's yours? I'll go 71. 69. 96. Okay. Oh, boy. I think I have PTSD from just hearing 71. That was my guess, right? You got seven. I got, one. I got right it exactly. Right God damn it. Look at that. That's such a fucking waste. You got to be kidding me. Um, all right. There's a few that are good. Wait, what order do you want to go? I'm, I'm, I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring it out. Uh, let's go. Let's go, Hank, this way. I think I can get what I want on, on, the, on the third. On the comeback? Yep. I'm starting. Hank, you start. Pepperoni. Fuck. Okay. 
right, that's, that was that, maybe a mistake. That, that was Fuck. one, that was one maybe overall. a mistake. That was maybe a mistake. Hank, how are you feeling about your Mount Rushmore? I feel great. Gentlemen? I feel great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've, I've, I've been in the lab and working with my team. Got a whole new strategy. When it was pointed out that your last Mount Rushmore, you just picked a bunch of uh, teenagers and maybe some even younger. Yeah, underage prepubescent. You want to hang out with a high school girl? She's 18, first of all. But second of all, it's like I, I watched a cartoon when I was like 12. She was so 12. She was when I was 12, she was older. She was older. In context, when people are like, dude, like you're trying to pick up. I was like, yeah, I guess, whatever. But I think context matters with that. Okay, okay. Uh, Billy, your first pick. And they're fucking cartoons, like parts, oh, whatever. Yeah. All right, so, so for us New York guys who get real good pizza and don't really need toppings, oregano. Oregano. What, like, Whoa. What, like shake? Yeah, a little oregano. Okay, okay. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. letter there. Oregano. 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 All right, I'll one-up you then. Oregano. I'll one-up you for, for the people that don't need toppings. The the topping would just be cheese. Plain. 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 Just plain, plain would be my... Yes. Plain. Yeah, I think yeah. if you, you can take plain anywhere. If you can do a plain pizza right, then I think that you can do... Everything else, right? Exactly. Start with Dave, the basics and build off that. Mr. Pizza Guy, Dave Portnoy, picks plain. You don't think that's a topping? You call a pizza place. You say, "Can I get a pizza? No toppings." All right, fine. Is there I cheese on it. You, you I'll throw it out. You no, you no, no. I'm just I, no. I'm just. You, I, that's the only thing I'm saying. Cheese pizza. Cheese pizza. Yeah. All right. It's not really topping though. I'm all right. So I'll, all right. Then we I won't do it. All right, I don't. Fine, I don't want to be. I'll like, do something else. No, no, no. That's place fine. it. Place cheese it. Place. isn't a topping because right, if, if there's no cheese, then it's just my tomato. I have, no, I no, no, but that's a different topping. No, no, wait, wait. No, okay, I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. What like if are different types of pizzas toppings or? I, all right, I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna change it. I don't know what that question was. I'm this gonna pretend like you didn't. No, but like white Ninja but like, Turtles again. I thought white, we were doing a basic Mount Rushmore. I might have fucked it up. I'll take wait, 50% what about white ownership. Pizza? Wait, no, no, white pizza. Billy, you're asking, yeah, that's a good point. No, yeah, no, 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 because you're asking if removing a topping counts as a topping. No, right. it doesn't. It's an anti-topping. All right, I'll do. I'll change. I'll do. I, I'm gonna get a lot of heat for this one, but I don't give a fuck. Pineapple. Fuck you, big No, no, no. Hawaiian, pineapple. dude, Hawaiian pineapple. cuisine. That's I, pineapple. I was going to go with ham and pineapple. People, at the and just people make, love to hate on pineapple. Pi- Hawaiian pizza is delicious. Yes. So now i got to do an audible because I was just going to create an entire Hawaiian pizza. Um, well, right. I had to do an audible because I was going to create a yeah. plain pizza. That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to go with ham. Okay. Ham's ham, good topping. Ham is a very underrated pizza topping, I think. And then I'm going to go with, uh, what? What, Hank? I Literally nothing. I am literally looking at my list, like not, I didn't make a facial expression. Yes, you did. I just saw, you did went, you make a list for this one? Yeah. Okay. Hank literally just went like this. No, no, literally no. I, Hank's got to tell. You guys he just took like, out an Oreo and he listened to it. You guys are like trying to, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I... I Okay, all right, let's keep going. I'm literally just like... Let's keep going, let's keep going. I'm just existing in the studio and everyone's coming out of my neck. I'm going to go ham, and then since I can't go with pineapple... Mm, Sorry. I'm going to go with... uh, I like black olives. Ooh. I had it on my list. I had it on my list. Black olives have the most... The most flavor they do. per surface they do. area of any pizza topping. I can't believe this lasted this long. I'm going to take uh, sautéed onions. Mm. Or just on, onions. Do you have to... Do I have to clarify? Just onions. I onions. Think. All right, fine. Just onions. Put it in as onions. Especially if you come, if you if you took ham, pineapple, and onions, then that's a pizza fit for a king. Yes, it is. All right, Billy or Jake, Jilly. I was gonna do onions and peppers, but now we're just gonna do peppers. 
Okay. Like, you know? Nice. <laughs> you were going to do two, but, but now you're going to do It's good one. that you told just us you were going to do onions and peppers. Because onions and peppers <laughs> is a great combo. That is a good combo. What color on, or what color peppers? Good question. Red and green? You got to do one. Billy, you got to do one topping. It's one topping. Uh, I think you get all peppers, but I'm, peppers. it's more of a question of which one. If you if we made you pick, what would you pick? I don't know. Usually they're both on there. I feel like they're usually green, right? They're usually they both. Are. They're green. Okay. Wait, which so one's taste better? But you're talking about mild peppers, right? Right. right. Not yeah, spicy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not spicy not peppers. Spicy. The best not spicy. Red tastes better than green. Okay. Okay. Uh, Hank, sausage. Wait. I don't know how that got back to me. I thought they took sausage. What is no, your no, first no. pick? Oregano. Oregano. Fuck. I took ham. Okay, okay. Isn't ham the same thing? Yeah, I fucked that up. And I have that written down. I fucked that up. Barbecue up. chicken. Oh, fuck. Okay. okay. I could choice. use that with my pineapple. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Next. All right. Good so, picks, Hank. I don't know if you guys know this, but or you do know it, but I try to eat healthy as much as possible. Bring in salad every yeah, day. Yeah, you do. Yep. So with pizza, I want to have some sort of vegetable in to make me not feel too guilty. So I'm going to yep. go with spinach. Oh, okay. I actually that's think that's not a bad pick. <laughs> I go to, uh, I have a pizza place I go to and they have like a big, is it Hank spinach like that's the on pick. there? Yeah. Is, no, I, I think so, it's spinach on there, right? So spinach. The, What's the you, green thing they put on the pizza? Oh, maybe basil. basil. You're basil thinking, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's my pick, basil. So, so what I okay. what okay. I usually do is I'll order basil and tell myself that it's spinach. Okay, I'm and taking it's just basil. As healthy. I'm taking basil. So similar. They're like brothers. Yeah, yeah. I thought I. Th- this shows how much uh, greens that I've been eating that I don't know the difference between spinach and basil, but it's definitely basil. I like those like. You know, I don't want it. It's like on a margarita pizza. I want like, yeah, like yeah. four pieces of basil on a big pizza, and you get like a couple bites of it. I like a little bit more basil than that. I had basil on my list for sure. Okay. My next pick. You got two. Jesus. Um, I think I'm going to go with ol- uh, green olives. Ooh. I like doing a mixture. I like doing both green and okay. black. And then. Corner the olive market. Yeah. For my- yeah I mean, it's actually not actually, a bad strategy no, in terms of voting. No, like, olive people will. If there's one olive person out there. Fuck, now I want to change my pick. Can I no, no, pick? no, you can't change it, I don't think. I'm too reliant on olives, I think. Um, all right, uh, mushrooms. Mushrooms, oh, fuck. It. Classic. All right. All right. Mushrooms Sorry, are really, really good on pizza. I don't like them or care for them that much in anything else, but on pizza or maybe in some pasta, really yep. good, especially if they're sautéed in butter. Yep. Now, can we do Can we do different cheeses? Fuck. Can we? No. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll, my last pick will be ricotta cheese. Ricotta cheese on my pizza. I, yeah. I, okay. That's, I, that's a that's, that's a fair. That's, that's different than regular okay, cheese right, pizza. Right, right. My only complaint about ricotta. Is I some, don't like it. Sometimes the, the circle no. of ricotta is way too big. Yeah. 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 I can't believe I like this it. one lasted so long, but anchovies. Yeah, Ravel. I come on, dude. It's such a good one, right? I mean, there are people. I feel like people who love anchovies will swear by it. There's They'll a, fucking go to war for it. It's a pander pick for the anchovy cult, right? Because so, they go hard. So anchovies split the vote. Anchovies actually, I think they have more flavor than olives do. <clears throat> yeah, anchovies are they delicious. Go hard, but I, I don't know. It's tough to get them on a pizza because. You really have to know what you're doing for me to order like a, a full fish from you right. on my pizza. Right. I'm not going to do that. Papa John, don't necessarily trust him. Okay. Uh, Hank, your last pick. In, in a miraculous turn of events, all my top four are still still available. Nothing got taken off. Bacon. Fuck. <sighs> Wait, did you Bacon's go all meat? Good. Yeah. That's, what'd you get? Pepperoni, sausage, barbecue chicken, bacon. You made a meat lover's <sighs> pizza. The best pizza. Damn it. 
Put it in a papadilla and you got the perfect pie. You know what yeah. though? You know what though? I don't think that the I don't think the listeners are gonna like. There all are meat. vegans out there that listen yeah. to this show. There's at least stop one. listening right the, now. The right, Billy, Billy stands. Get those stop get listening. those fuckers out of here. A hamburger? It, Anyone like hamburger on their pizza? Sometimes, sometimes. Buffalo chicken, buffalo meatballs. chicken. I had yeah. buffalo chicken meatballs. That's a miss. Fuck. Prosciutto. Oh, that's a miss. Mozzarella. Peniala vodka on the pizza. That's okay. Sun dried tomatoes. Do you know what's uh, oh. now? This is getting crazy, but there was at uh, at Wisconsin Ian's Pizza. They had uh, waffle. I'm sure everyone has this, but uh, waffle pizza, wa- chicken and waffle pizza. Damn. That was fucking good. You know what we really missed? good big time. The stingers, this the hot peppers oh. from Colony Grill, dude. Colony Grill, could I've done hot oil? Yeah, fuck, hot oil is my favorite. Um, all right, I don't really love my draft, but we'll see. Yeah, the two olives might be tough, but I don't know. I hey, think I'm, I'm pretty confident. We, I think up. you guys probably second. We'll see. I know. Um, I think. I think that cheese pizza really fucked me. Up. I think that people look at Hank's Mount Rushmore and be like, he should have had at least one non-meat ingredient in there. It's true. Fuck Should have em. thrown in a, a teenage girl. It's a good thing I don't do my picks for the people. I do them for myself. Wow. Wow. All my picks. Um, all right. Let's get to our interview <laughs> with uh, Mike Tannenbaum. Awesome interview. Uh, before we do that, quick word from our friends at Simply Safe. When Simply Safe Home Security's founders, Chad and Eleanor Lawrence, designed their first security system in their kitchen. They did it for a very personal reason. Their friends had just had their home broken into. They were struggling to find a security system that was simple to set up and would make them feel safe again. So, Simply Safe was created, and it's making people feel safe is what Simply Safe has been doing ever since that moment 15 years ago. A passion to protect people not only uh, drives every engineering detail in its products, but it motivates every interaction with its customers. And the thing is, Simply Safe just makes it so easy. It takes about two minutes to customize a system on their website, simplysafe.com slash PMT. SimplySafe has highly trained security experts ready whenever you need them, whether that's during a fire, a burglary, a medical emergency, or even just when you're setting up the system. There's always someone there who has your back to keep you safe and make sure you feel safe. So as listeners of this show, you can save 20% off on your Simply Safe security system and get your first month free when you sign up for interactive monitoring service. Just visit simplysafe.com slash PMT to customize your system and start protecting your home and family. That's simplysafe.com slash PMT. Okay, here he is, Mike Tannenbaum. Okay, we now welcome on a very special guest in person is Mike Tannenbaum. He is uh, works for ESPN now. He's the front office insider for ESPN. He was formerly the Jets general manager and also worked as executive vice president of football ops for the Dolphins. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming in. I'll do the hardest question first. Okay. Uh, PFT and I, as as diehard football fans, how easily could we do your job? Oh, very easily. Okay, okay. I mean, that's what we thought. GM, yeah, like we could have done that, right? Yeah, I mean, we could do a little like job swap, right? You know, yeah. you sit back, you give out orders. If it's right, it's your decision. If it's wrong, it's everybody else's. Yes. We were actually just talking on the show the other day saying that the best thing that a general manager can do is to draft a new quarterback, and then if things go badly, you just blame the new quarterback for being bad, and then that kind of lets you skate a little bit. Do, do you feel that's we have an accurate representation of what your job was? Yeah, in all seriousness, 
in the Jets draft room, we used to have a sign that said, success has many fathers and failures an orphan, which was like, hey, everybody wanted to draft Darrell Rivas, but Vernon Golston, effing Tannenbaum, can you believe he did that? Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, you're sitting in the seat and you're going to get, you know, the blame or, you know, the praise depending on the move. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I might have a, a more difficult question than that. Um, why the fuck did you cut Danny Woodhead? That's a great call. That was a, a egregious mistake. Yeah. yeah. He's my favorite person in the entire world. I would have just kept him around just to have that personality in the locker room because he's like the nicest person that you'll ever meet. Yeah. But, uh, but also to your credit, you did cut him. But you did find him, too, so I guess that, that you deserve a little tip of the cap for that. Actually, man, Jeannie found him. We were at the end of the draft, and we were looking for guys. Like, you're looking for attributes, and this guy had unbelievable production. Short, white guy, great ball skills, great kid, and it was just one of those things. Like, you're making that decision, and one of the things I, I think people don't understand is, like, oftentimes, like, you're counting heads, like, hey, is it going to be four running backs? Who, and But a lot of times, the tiebreaker is going to be about special teams, and we want, uh, we kept, like, a DB. It was, it was a dumb, dumb decision. So, like, as a GM or front office in the NFL, what is the number one thing, mistake, that you see happen time and time again? Like, what's the thing that you're like, listen, people keep getting tripped up at this point. What, you've been on both sides. What is that? Yeah, because I would say like sometimes we scout with the ending in mind, or we have like these preconceived notions. And one of the few uh, I tell you, like I got right was Justin Herbert. Like I scouted him for two years. I go to ESPN and I'm standing on the table like I want this guy, and I'm watching like in the media. Like we all have these these incredible biases. And I said it, which was if Justin Herbert played in the SEC, he would have been the number one pick in the draft. But he's quiet. He's in Oregon. A lot of people just didn't watch him as much. So I think what happens is. You know, Joe Burrow, like, incredible year, great guy, leader, Tua, you know, Nick Saban standing on the table for two. It's hard if you're running a team and your job's on the line and Nick Saban says, hey, this is a guy you need to draft. It's hard to not let that influence your decision. But if you went through the process, like, there were so many things about Justin Herbert. He was the biggest, the fastest, the smartest, very competitive. Like, we sometimes we overcomplicate it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So how long do you give a quarterback typically to, to – be able to tell is this guy going to make it or not because we've talked to a few people and I think we both kind of used to be at the mindset that sometimes it can be good to let a guy sit for a while because if he's not in the right situation you could spook him you could give him some bad habits and he could kind of uh, ruin himself if he's not put in a comfortable situation but then I think we were talking with uh, Schlereth right mm-hmm. and Schlereth said that if the guy is going to get too spooked by coming into the wrong situation he's probably not the guy for the long term so if you have a, a quarterback like Tua how long do you give him to kind of prove that he's going to be able to pan out before you start thinking about the future? Yeah, PFT. Like, we literally talked about that this morning, which is, like, if you go back, like, five or ten years ago, like, we would give these guys, you know, five years. Like, Chad Pennington sat for two years before he ever played. Mm-hmm. You know, now, like, we're calling Tua a bust. Like, Tua had major hip surgery a year ago, basically an abbreviated offseason. Like, we got to give the guy a chance to see, like, what he has, like, I thought they did a good job of adding Jalen Waddle. Like they got two guys that can run in Fuller and Waddle. So I think he needs a lot more time. And in another year, we'll know. Like obviously, this is a consequential year, but I think sometimes like we move on from guys way too fast. Do you think that's because sometimes it's fun to just say that guy's a bust? Like it's fun. To There's just nothing slap fun a, about that. It's no, fun, it's to fun sl- for us. For us, yeah, yeah, yeah. To slap a bust oh, yeah. label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. I, if you drafted him, it's probably not as enjoyable. But for us, it's nice to just like have a nice clean label and be like bust. Then I don't have to think about him anymore. Well, what happens when he comes back to life? 
then I was then you know what I was originally right mm-hmm. about the quarterback being good before I slapped the bus label on him. You definitely should be a GM. I mean, you have <laughs> yeah. all the traits of a really good GM. What? So my, I've always thought that from looking from the fans' perspective, the thing that really trips up front offices and organizations is everyone is very competitive. The scouts are competitive; they want to be a GM someday. The coach is competitive; he wants to keep his job as long as possible. So everyone's out for self-preservation. Is that? like way off or is that kind of how a lot of front offices especially dysfunctional ones operate where guys are kind of looking out for themselves you hear it all the time where like uh, a GM will come in and he'll be like clean house because they're not his guys is there that type of territorial thinking yeah there is to a certain extent big cat I think that's fair like when I went to Miami like I was bound and determined like we could win with the people here like I literally brought one person from outside the organization we promoted Chris Greer, who's still there. We went to the playoffs. I thought there were a lot of great people there, but generally speaking, that that is definitely true. Like I know for me, like sometimes I had to check my own like competitiveness. Like I'm sitting there for years, I'm banging my head against the wall. Like I want to beat Tom Brady. Like what else can we do to beat F and Tom Brady, whose birthday, by the way, it is today. Yeah. And so your competitiveness, you almost have to check it because if not, like you can go from being aggressive to reckless. And sometimes that line's pretty fine. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so I, I would imagine that like focusing all your energy on how to defeat one person in your division, it, under most circumstances, probably wouldn't be worthwhile, right? That person would be just like living rent-free inside your head. But when it's Tom Brady, who's dominating the league for, you know, 20 years, or, you know, winning multiple Super Bowls, then you kind of have to start to think about building a team that can specifically attack him. Let's be really clear. Like, Tom Brady isn't living rent-free. Like, he moved in, built a freaking neighborhood. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> both at the Jets and the Dolphins. And in all seriousness, that, that's why we made the trade with Favre. Like, you won't find a better human being than Chad Pennington. Like, this guy is a pro's pro. He was a good player, took us to the playoffs multiple times. But at the end of the day, like, we made the honest, sober calculation. Like, can we get to where we want to go having Chad Payton compete against Tom Brady? And we all said yeah. no, and that's why we took a shot at Favre. So, and then, you know, after Favre, you have Mark Sanchez. You go to back-to-back AFC Championship games. Now, was there a feeling like we're on to something big or we're farther away than maybe the AFC Championship game? We just got a couple breaks along the way. Yeah, and clearly that was another mistake, which was, you know, it's such an unusual fact pattern. Sanchez comes in. We win four road playoff games. We beat Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers on the road. We extend him, and he plays worse. And you bring up a great point, Big Cat, which is you got to evaluate your own correctly. And no one does that better than Belichick. For all his superpowers, if you look over the years, like he'll move on from a guy a year too soon than too late, and he deserves a ton of credit for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we go go back real quick to like how you got started in this business? Because I heard that you you it took like Bill Parcells a couple different phone calls to convince you to come work for him. Like initially, you didn't want to do that. So how was he able to talk you into starting? Gosh, like yeah, I don't know how you got that, but that that's 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 sources. True. I'm a reporter. Yeah, no, that's very few people actually know that. That's so. I was unpaid intern, graduated from law school, worked for Coach Belichick. Belichick goes to the Patriots, Patriots to the Jets. Belichick recommends me to Parcells. They put in a permission slip. My boss says, you can't go. I call up Parcells. I had never met him. I grew up in the Northeast. I was scared to death of him. And I said, hey, coach, I just want to thank you for showing interest. And, um, you know, they're denying permission, but I want you to hear from me. Like, um, thank you. He's like, well, I'm going to make this real easy. I'm not interested in, you know, interviewing you. The job's yours. So you quit, walk out the door and get on the plane. 
So I'm like, hey, coach, thanks for no th-. I panicked. I hung up. Oh, really? <laughs> I hung up. Wow. And I was like, I thought I was a saint. I was making $27,000. They offered me an extension starting at thirty five. I think, like, I made it, man. Like, four-year deal, making 35000 in the NFL. Coach Parcells calls him back. He goes, hey. He goes, why won't you get on this plane? Like, tell me what it's going to take. I'm like, it's not about the money. I uh, I want to be a GM. I have this dream. He's like, well, why won't you come here? I'm like, because I am scared to death of you. Like, I grew up <laughs> in the Northeast, and you scare the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, why can't you live your dream with me? And we had this great conversation for the next 45 minutes about life, dreams. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get on the plane. There it is. Wow. I just so you- walked out of the Saints facility, got on a plane, and then the rest was history. So he sold you on it. What did he say to make you no longer afraid of him? There, PFT, he had a line that I'll take to my grave. He goes, you're either one of us or one of them. And he goes, my expectations are you're going to come up here and get those son of a bitches signed. When a trapper comes off the side of the mountain, you don't have to say, is he a good hunter? He either has pelts on his horse or he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. T, we're going to go by what we see. And either you sign those son of a bitches and you get to stick around or I'm going to ship your ass back up to Boston. Now, what are we going to do? Wow. I'm That's, like, let's go. I love it. Damn. So, so he, he kind of said... I, if you don't sign with me, if you think I'm scary now, you'll think I'm a lot scarier if you're a son of a bitch that doesn't work for me. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? I'll bet on myself. Like, I'm not going to be the guy. And, like, I always, like, as I work my way up the ranks, I always said, all right, I'm going to look to my left and to my right, and I'm not going to be the guy that sends us home. I don't care if I'm driving people to the airport, which I did for Belichick, running an organization. Like, I'm not going to be the guy to fuck it up to send us home. And Coach just challenged me. He's like, I got the keys to this uh, franchise for Mr. Hess. I need one person to sign him. I think it's you. Maybe my expectations are too high for you. I'm like, I'm coming. Wow. Uh-huh. That's great. So what was uh, – so in your role and through the years, what are – maybe give me two guys, offense and defense, the ones that got away. The ones that you were like, that was the guy that I had scouted, that I had looked after, that I wanted. I knew he was going to be great. And for some reason, we weren't able to get him, whether it be via trade or the draft. However, it may you know fall down. Yeah, I mean, there's. A, I mean, I, I could just we could talk about the Tom Brady story for a second. So this is incredible. So at the time, you guys may remember, the Jets facility was at Hofstra University. We take Chad Pennington round one, one of four first rounders. In the third round, Bill Walsh drafts Carmelo, Carmelo uh, Carmazzi, Giovanni Carmazzi, yeah, 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 yeah. Fr- from Hofstra. And we're like, God, we fucked it up. Like, Bill Walsh, the greatest quarterback coach of all time, right. takes a guy that's on our campus. Right. And we draft Pennington. And in the fifth round, we had a scout, Jesse Kay. He is standing on the table for Tom Brady. He's like, I'm telling you, this guy is great. I saw him against Syracuse. He has rare leadership. And we're all like, come on, Jesse, we just got Chad Pennington. And if we were going to take another one, it should have been Carmazzi. Like, Bill Walsh <laughs> takes Carmazzi. And, like, we had a conversation about Brady a little bit in the fifth round. And one guy, Jesse K, was the guy that was like, this is a guy that has a chance to be really good. Wow. I like what you just did there because you, you gave credit to one of the scouts that was in the room. If I, I don't know what your future plans are, but if you want to get back into the NFL – what you should have said right there so we could get some good headlines when Big Cat asked you the two that like you missed out on, you should have just said Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I had them both <laughs> at the top of my at the top of my board, and then we put out a little quote card that would have your name and face on, and then everybody would be like, wow, wow Dan really knows his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, though, the Tom Brady. So what, what ended up happening to Jesse K? Where is he now? He he's retired. He was a die in the wolf scout, long time, like great guy, a little bit of a like an old school like feel guy. Yeah, and, and again, like if you think about Tom Brady's narrative, you know, couldn't start at Michigan, slow 
right? Like, what's the attribute about him? Like, if he's if he can't beat out Drew Henson, like, you know, at that time, like Chad Pennington was like the golden boy. He had Randy Moss, and you know, all the, like he was a. We, we were shocked. Tom Brady, uh, Chad Pennington thought he was going to Pittsburgh. Like the Steelers gave every indication that he was going to go eight. They took Plaxico. Like we were doing backflips, and he was there at eighteen. Mm-hmm. So you you just brought something up. I wanted to, to talk about the feel versus like maybe numbers or analytics. How much is it feel when you're talking about drafting a guy? I think so. Here here's my view on that, guys. Is we want to use the numbers to and Belichick's a little bit like this too. Like. Let's define the fairway. Now, we could go outside of it, but let's make sure that we are. So you look at any of those guys like Wes Welker, Danny Amendola, even like Woodhead's a little bit like that, although Woodhead was a little bit faster, straight line. Those guys all had a redeeming characteristic. They were great, change of direction, three-cone. But my point was, guys, we could go outside of the of like the parameters, but if we do, they have to have a compelling reason. And in some of those cases with the slot receivers, they were, had great change of quickness. But I wasn't going to go outside those parameters because someone's like, yeah, I think he's going to be really special. But right. wh- wh- why? Tell us why he's so special. See, that would be where I would get tripped up with the GM thing because obviously as a gambler, someone would just say like, hey, this guy's going to be special. I'd be like, you know what? That's my lottery ticket. Let's go. And I will probably fail every single time. But that's okay. Like, and, and like Tunsil is a great example of this. Like, we got Tunsil right because like it was a little bit of a gut feel, which was the video is unreeling, right? National TV. Yeah. What right. did you think in the room? Like, yeah. So I'll take I'll take you right into the room. So this is Laramie Tunsil for people who don't remember the obviously the bong face mask and everything. Right. So we have Brandon Albert, a good, not great left tackle. We are convinced that Tunsil's originally going to go one Tennessee, but his floor is five. He's going to go to Baltimore. So gas mass, whole thing starts and gets to five and they take Ronnie Stanley. I'm like, damn, like Ozzie Newsom, like he's a little bit of a risk taker. Like Ozzie doesn't care. Like he just wants good players like eight, nine. I'm like, oh my God, like there's no way he, he's going to be there. So we brought in our area scout, Matt Winston, who, whose brother was the uh, NFLPA president, Eric Winston, great scout he'll be a gm one day he's like tunsil's a great kid like great mom great teammate academic advisors equipment guys they all love him and obviously look if you're gonna take if if you're not gonna take somebody because they're smoking weed like there'll be eight guys on the board right right yeah right he just happened to get caught and right so he's sitting there at 13 and we're we were all like look like he's a great kid made a mistake and it was a great opportunity for us so it was a feel thing big cat but like we had a great scout who like went in there in the fall and we knew exactly what we were getting. Yeah, I don't even think it was that big of a mistake. It, the video was pretty cool in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, actually, I, I kind of wish I had a video like that out there. Actually, it, it gets even better. So, like, not a drug guy. Not yeah. a drug guy. <laughs> I go back to my, <laughs> I go back to my office. I am doing backflips. I'm like, yeah. we just got the first guy in the draft, and we didn't have to trade it. Like, yeah. this is unbelievable. I call up my wife. I'm like, Michelle, can you believe how unbelievably lucky we are? Like. I can't believe, like, I am so pumped. She's like, you got a problem. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, we had young kids at the time. They're like, they're scared to death. And I'm like, can you just handle it? She's like, no, you're going to handle it. <laughs> and I went, quickly went from being a GM to, like, a very concerned father. Yeah. Of like, like, what kind of role model? And, like, of course, like, the next day, like, good people make mistakes. And, you know, like, uh, and, right. like the whole spiel. I think it was mostly because it was an intimidating looking mask. It was like kind of scary. So kids are like, wow, it, why'd you draft a stormtrooper? Exactly. You know? Like, yeah. I, and I think that if that had happened a couple years later, just in the last three years, 
the narrative has changed a lot around marijuana where, you know, a lot of states have legalized it. So I don't even know if he falls to you. That was like the perfect timing for, for the Dolphins to capitalize. Do you think that. he would add an endorsement on that? Yeah, Nasha? probably. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been Absolutely. like free chi. Sign him up. Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. Um, all right. So other thing that I've always just wanted to ask a GM, uh, your time at the end of your, your Jets tenure. Was there a feeling of, like, I'm a dead man walking? How does that work? Because we yeah. see it all the time where yeah. we know we could point right now to the 32 teams in the NFL. You could probably say five to ten of the GMs right now will maybe get fired if things don't go well, and they have to feel it. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, with privilege comes responsibility. And, like, these are not jobs you're going to retire in. And it sucks, like, when you see your name on the back page and you know, like, your day is coming. And there's not a lot you can do. And I always felt like, you know... I'm not going to change. Like, I'm going to be the first guy in every day. And I feel like my motivation was slightly like there was an insecurity. Like, did I ever really even deserve this job? Like, I replaced Bill Park. Like, who am right. I? You know, like, so I, I was always like, I'm going to be the first guy in, the last to leave. And even like when I knew those days were coming, I'm like, I can't change. And, you know, and then you look back and you're like, you know what? We stood shoulder to shoulder with the best in the game and we held up pretty well. Yeah. So yeah. w- one of the best guys that you drafted, uh, Darrell Revis, one of the best cornerbacks to play in the last, uh, probably in the history of the NFL. So that must have felt pretty good. But at the same time, you knew that every offseason it was like, okay, Darrell Revis is going to work me over for more money. And as a general manager, you have to balance that against you know what you're paying out to the rest of the team. Do you like? Is there a part of you that kind of regrets having him on the team, where it was like it made your entire offseason such a pain in the ass? PFT, those are good problems to have. Like we'll sign up for those. Yeah. You know, Coach Parcells always used to talk about Mr. T. Let's worry about write-ons, not write-offs. Everyone's always worried about a write. Get the money. Get the money, and we'll figure out the rest. Yeah. So those are good problems to have. Yeah, he, he was a great player, and I actually think he played the system as a player exactly perfect. He maximized his value while he was in the league in the way that he would renegotiate all the time. But that was always like the constant storyline in the offseason. Did you ever feel like you, you had to be prepared in advance for those negotiations, even like right after he signed the last one? Yeah, no doubt. And what most agents don't understand, guys, is the most effective pressure that a player could put on is from within. Now, with Rex, everything about Rex is true. The good, the bad, the ugly, and I love him. But when he's out there every day saying he's the best player in the sport and we couldn't line up without him, like that is not exactly, you know, negotiation one on one. So and his agents, certainly to their credit, like we're gonna use everything that Rex said, but the amount of pressure that was put on internally, like we could not function without Darrell Rivas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was like the holdout. A player that's actually willing to hold out and is a, a talented football player, that's the best strategy typically. Like that's the way to maximize value. Yeah, and, and you have to convince the front office that you're going to miss games. And I've said, you know, for the last year on ESPN, like with Aaron Rodgers, like Green Bay will not blink or even think about blinking until he doesn't show up. Now, when he doesn't show up, now they're going to take a half a step back and say, hey, can we get three ones from Denver? Really, what do we have in Jordan Love? Can we get Nick Foles for a year? All those other discussions, the day he doesn't show up, those discussions begin. But until then, they're going to assume that, hey, he's bad like a lot of us are at his boss, but when rubber meets the road, he's going to show up. So that, that so in your mind, that uh, entire stare-down never really was a stare-down because he never there was never a day that he didn't show up. Big Cat, I said for a year, until he doesn't show up, he's a Green Bay Packer. And they know that. And you're praying that his competitiveness... And one of the things that I admired from what Roger said was it was really clear, like, He's a good teammate. Like, for him to go, if you guys notice, he had no notes. When he was talking about guys like Charles Woodson, he's going back four or five years. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about details. Like, you could tell this guy, in his own way, maybe not your style or my style, 
he's a good dude and good teammate. And if you're the Packers and you know that, you're assuming he's going to show up and we're going to be okay because he doesn't want to let his teammates down. He may be pissed at us, but he'll be here. So we had this discussion uh, on Monday's show. When you have a generational talent like Aaron Rodgers, when you have a Patrick Mahomes, uh, how much do you think the game has changed where what he said was essentially like, I want to be part of the process? Do you think the GMs have to start doing that more for their quarterbacks? Why wouldn't you? Like, I had Chad Pennington and Ryan Tannehill be part of the coaching search. Why wouldn't you? Like, they're going to see things I can't. And by the way, like, you thought Woodhead was a bad decision. I'll give you a worse one. Like, we cut Jericho Cotri, who was this great dude. He was speed deficient at the end, tough and smart. I remember the day we cut him, I thought the quarterbacks were going to kill me. And they were right. You know, there's certain things players are going to see that you never can. The object of the exercise, fellas, is like, we got to get this right. Right. So why wouldn't you at least listen to Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, we're going to cut the receiver you like because he can't cover kicks. So here's our decision. You could be mad, but you should understand why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe give him an opportunity to object and say something that you hadn't considered. Yeah, why not? Right. All, all, all you you want to get it right. It doesn't matter where the answer comes. It could be from Jesse Kay or Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Let's get the answer right. Let's get all the information in, and then we'll make the best decision for us. Yeah. We're going to get back to Mike Tannenbaum in a second, but before we do, this interview is being presented by our great friends over at Roman Ready ED. Now that the world is opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Whether you've been in a relationship for years, you're just getting started, or you're excited to get back out there and meet new people, when the moment comes, you want to be ready, go to GetRoman.com slash Barstool now. Talk to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional and get Roman ready. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Roman ready equals confidence, the confidence that you know that you can rise to the occasion in the moment. This is Summer of Love, the 2021 version. Roman wants to make sure that you can participate in your way, whether that be as a single person or as a couple who would still rather stay inside with each other. So talk to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional. They're going to work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. I mean, that sounds like a great deal to me. Go to GetRoman.com slash Barstool. Complete an online visit. If you get prescribed, you get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. 50 GetRoman.com slash Barstool today. Make sure that you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Now, back to Mike Tannenbaum. Do you understand the salary cap? Yeah. You sure? I think so. I mean, I don't think anyone does. Can you tell us how the Rams are just able to do everything, whatever they want, and there's no salary cap? Yeah, I don't think it's going to pay off for them. I think they're like a great sort of like science experiment. And here's what I'm talking about, guys. We always talk about football as a consummate team sport. You got to spread it out. Maybe they're right. They're saying, F that. Like, we're going to get Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. Like, we're going to go play five against 11, but our five are so good, we're going to win. I think when you look at their offensive line guys, they are paper thin. And if anything happens to their starters, especially a guy like Whitworth and his age, they could be in big trouble. And look, I thought, you know, when you look at their running back situation, they were going to be a little thin there. I mean, it's a tragedy what's happened there, obviously. Um, But... It's a huge calculated risk that may pay off, but I, if I had a bet, I'm betting against it. Yeah. So I asked the cap question because it's like it seems like every year, like the Saints, for example, right. are in salary cap hell. Yeah. They do two, th- two, three things, and boom, they're fine. Right. It doesn't mean anything. But like Cam Akers is a great player that can't be replaced. Right. Right. So you're. You, it, it just there's ways to 
minimize the cap charges, move him around. But the fact that the Saints couldn't go out and sign a player of Breeze's caliber is the salary cap oh, actually James Winston. Yeah. Who? By the way, you I think, love him. I think he's going to play well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said that he's. Who did you? Oh, you uh, compared him to Vinny Testaverde, right? Yeah, I did. I like that. Yeah. I like I, I'm that. surprised by the fact that you don't follow me on Twitter and you knew I said that. Well, I, I did some research and basically <laughs> I just figured out like, has he said anything mean about Baker Mayfield? You have. Has he said I, I, anything no, nice I, about Jameis Winston? You have. I didn't say anything mean about. Yeah, you it, did. I was. It's, right, it's about the facts. Yeah. Okay, I call him height and speed deficient. Okay. I think on. you said. You you can't you don't pay a deficient quarterback like Baker Mayfield a height okay. a height and speed deficient that's where not mean that's this? facts uh, Russell Wilson you might say is you are bind- deficient yeah you're binding yourself to mediocrity yeah is that's Mike not- Tannenbaum quote about Baker Mayfield is that nice huh. Huh. Was, is that a nice thing huh. to say? First of all, that that one's tough to come back from, Mister T. <laughs> well, well for, for, like I said, I, I will go back to my first statement. You guys don't even follow me on Twitter, so right, I'm well, really I'll do that I, right I, now. I'll, I'll, I'll follow right. you. Okay. So I follow you on Twitter now. Address your Baker Mayfield slander, please. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this: If you were the president of Barstool Sports, right, okay. Big Cat, and you walked into this room and say, "Hey, fellas, guess what? We just had one heck of the day." We just signed the seventh best podcaster on the planet. Okay. They'd be like, what the F? Like, we want to be the best, right? Right. So, if but wait, you... Baker's not the seventh. You're saying oh, so, so seventh. draft draft the AFC Yeah, I mean, we already have Brandon Walker working yeah, for yeah. us. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Dra- draft draft the AFC quarterbacks. What do you mean? In order. Who's In the... order. Yeah. But wait, but that has nothing. You, you still need a quarterback. Right, but my point is, if you're going to pay Baker Mayfield, you better pay him contextually so you can keep Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward, all these other really good players you have, in my opinion, he's somewhere between the sixth and eighth best quarterback in the AFC. How are you going to win a championship? And what do they pay him? But that's every quarterback. Every quarterback who gets a new deal gets the highest paid deal. But, but it's uh, the, the cap is just bullshit. But, but Big Cat, hold on a second. Those other quarterbacks you could win championships with. Like, could you win one with Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, all these other guys, Matt Stafford? You would say Carson Wentz, if healthy, you could certainly have that argument like mentally wait, wait, wait. Car- you have Carson Wentz ahead of Baker Mayfield so so let's do this right we're gonna take Mahomes okay certainly Josh uh, Allen Josh Allen Lamar I mm-hmm. Lamar yes but there's clearly like Lamar okay has has issues when when a team knows he's gonna have to throw no, no problem okay uh, it, I'll take Herbert Tannehill Tannehill no, over Baker. No, not Tannehill. That's, that's, you got your Dolphins goggles on yeah. right now. No, no, not right. about that. Wait, yeah. Ryan Tannehill has the best offense in the NFL since he's been in Tennessee. Okay. okay. Counterpoint, Baker Mayfield almost won the AFC Championship last year. And he won a playoff game with the Cleveland Browns. So that's that's the other thing you have to take into account is like we're grading. You have to grade on a little bit of a curve when you're talking about Cleveland. They've It's been so long since they've had a quarterback that's even approaching mediocrity. And but, you've got Baker Mayfield, who's actually good at the position, and the franchise has played well under him. There's something about him that makes him elevate that franchise. Even when he doesn't play that great, you know that you still have a chance sometimes with Baker. Right, but here's the – Baker Mayfield is a guy that is just objectively short and slow. So when you look at guys like Russell Wilson and Drew Brees, they are the exception. And my point is you can't pay him $40 million a year because you got to keep Chubb and Ward and all these other guys – because that's going to give you your best chance to be successful. If you said you could get Baker Mayfield at $28 million and keep all his teammates, 
I'm all for it. I would not pay him at top of the market. And guys, remember this. He's under contract this year, next year, and you can tag him the year after. Yeah, that's what's so funny about the Baker talk. We, we addressed this a couple months ago where it's like it felt like it was the middle of the summer and there was nothing else to talk about in the NFL. So people just smashed the button that said, like, let's talk about a contract ex- extension for a quarterback that doesn't even need one right now. So what do you think about Dak then? Dak at 40 would probably fall under that same category, would it not? I think he's a better player. I think you could Yeah, but, but that's a lot of money. He's the second highest paid quarterback just on paper right now. Again, none of these contracts mean anything. Right. But two years ago, I said they should have signed him over Zeke. Zeke was in yeah, the fourth year of a fifth year deal. Plus, they could have tagged him. So if I was Dallas, I would have just let Zeke play the whole thing out, signed Dak back then, which was like 32, 33 million, Goff and Wentz. And obviously, that mark has gone up to 40. So you really like Carson Wentz still? No, I. And Orlovsky and I were arguing about this today. Like, well, Orlovsky's literally like I think he he's his a best friend is Carson Wentz. Uh, e- he almost him. cried when Carson Wentz, <laughs> like he did. He note zapped either that or Stafford, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, him and yes, exactly Stafford as well. But he's he he's got a bias with Carson Wentz, which is fine. We have a lot of biases uh-huh. ourselves. We just admit them. Yeah. That, so my point about if you read if you Google Bill Parcells quarterback commandments. One of the things he talks about is you want a battlefield commander. You want somebody that is going to lead the troops. And we we argued about it today. If you're worried about Nick Foles as your backup, you got the wrong guy. Like, you think Brett Favre, Dan Marino, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady cared who their backup was? No. They, they're they going to go win championships. And that's the part about Carson Wentz that he may be lacking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're right. If you're afraid of Nick Foles, like that's it says something about your own security and your own leadership abilities, right there. How much do you think, uh, like NFL philosophy and front offices, is just based on Bill Parcells' quotes? I mean, he he's an influential guy because he is like, yeah, he hasn't coached in 20 years, yeah, and he people still quote him uh, like he's coaching today. I'll tell you what, and. I have the great fortune of being friends with him, see him, you know, fairly regularly in Florida. It's shocking. I would say at least thirty percent of the league still calls him all the like if you're at right. dinner with him, like and by the way, dinner is at four fifty five back table. I love it. And if you're not there like ten minutes early, like you're late. It's yeah. a testament to him and his career that I I mean, I do think that a lot of guys obviously still listen to him, but it's just funny because he's probably the most quotable coach, right? Yeah. And when you talk about guys like obviously Belichick is you know his own greatness but like the Zimmers the Sean Payne's of the world like those are guys that like they still like engage and learn from him and you know the thing about Bill is he has so much wisdom and a lot of times he'll be like oh I'm a dinosaur or I made this like he is a very like reflective guy very insightful yeah you are what your record says you are that was that and, like if you draft the wrong quarterback it sets you back 10 years uh if that's you're gonna, not true if you're gonna let me cook dinner you should at least let me shop for the groceries yeah like he's got all of them right yeah no, maybe my expectations for you are higher than those of yourself <laughs> oh okay that's yes. good yes very good it's very that's, hard to come God, back yeah. from that, that, that yes yeah. that's, that but, hurts. but here like, <laughs> that's yes i'm not mad i'm disappointed <laughs> yeah. from your boss yeah no but like working for him like there were times like and he was a morning guy. Like I would leave a note on his door, like five fifteen in the morning. Like, coach, I screw that up. It'll never happen again. Thinking like he's going to fire me. And the next day, like there was a Hooters, like a half a mile down on Hempstead Turnpike, and we'd sign somebody. And be like, hey, Mister T had a great day. Everybody, let's go eat some wings. Like he, he was, he like 
he kept you on your toes, but at the end of the day, like you would like walk on glass for him. Yeah, you, you talked about um, about the job of driving prospects and driving uh, free agents to and from the airport. I feel like that's a starting position for a lot of people in the NFL that are looking to work in front offices. Or you know, the airport pickup guy is. Was there any instructions that you had from above, like, hey, keep your mouth shut, don't talk to them, or were you expected to like what makes what makes you feel like you did a good job driving them to and from the airport? Yeah, actually, this is one of my big philosophies in life. Like, who you are is how you treat people that can't help you. The bus driver, the waiter, the waitress, the equipment guy. One of the reasons we drafted Darrell Rivas was, like, how respectful he was to our intern who he thought was a driver. And for Coach Belichick, when we would bring guys back, he'd be like, hey, tell me about that guy. And, again, his whole thing was, like, if this guy's an asshole, when we give him $10 million, he's going to be a bigger asshole. Now, as Rex would say, if he could rush the passer, that's okay. He's right. our asshole. Right. But at least we know what we're getting, right? And so for Belichick, like, I, there was a bunch of times, like, we'd run guys for physicals. Hey, tell me about him. What, what kind of guy was he? Yeah. You know, did he tip you? You know, like, all that stuff. Is there an allotted amount of guys on a roster that you're like, all right, we can have X amount of assholes? Yeah. So in every single GM's office, they have one mathematical equation. Production equals tolerance. And, you know, Parcells and Belichick used to argue about LT because LT never showed up for the offseason program. That was really important to Parcells. And and Belichick's like, okay, so, like, how long are we going to bench LT? You know, and and there's just, like, a lot of wisdom in that discussion. Like, you want to have standards, protocols, and culture. But you know what? Like, hey— if Tiger Woods is not in the offseason program, like he's still going out there, you know, as one of our guys, right? And they always said that, like, you know, Belichick treats everyone the same, and I, I believe that in film study. But there's no way that he treats everyone the same in terms of the tolerance that, the, you know, what, what they would do and whether he'd bring like Gronk was obviously different than right. some other. Gronk's a Hall of Famer, you yeah. Know? And there's a legendary story that Marino loved to tell, which was Jimmy Johnson's first day on the job. He's like, "Look, Dan Marino, you fall asleep in one of these meetings, I'm going to wake you up." Backup corner, you fall asleep in one of these meetings, we're going to cut your ass. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's just that's just life, though, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I'm it's going to give you uh, t- t- kind of two options, which road you want to go down on this question. I have one question that's about some inner team strife that you had to deal with, and then another one that's about team-to-team strife that you had to deal with. Is there option three? No, th- no those are the only two options. Well, let's go uh, inner team for two hundred. Were you? Uh, was there a part of you that was like, okay, thank God that made my decision a lot easier when Geno Smith got punched in the face? I actually wasn't with them anymore <laughs> when that happened. Oh, you weren't. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, okay. How, you were with him for Tebow, though, right? Uh, yeah. So, someone was dumb enough to trade for him. Yeah. So the, t- the Tebow decision. <laughs> let's talk about that because he, you know, he's back in the league as a tight end. Did you ever think about like, hey, Tebow, you want to go out and run some routes for us? Yeah, I mean, that's really why we got him. We lost a guy named Brad Smith. You guys may may remember him. He was a great quarterback at Missouri, and he kind of did a lot of different jobs. And one of the great things about where I sat for so long was just learning and listening to the game through the head coach I was with. So Rex always was like, I'm just telling you, Mike, like as a defensive guy, I hate when the opposing quarterback can make plays with his feet. And when we lost Brad Smith, it was like, hey, we got to replace him. So on paper, it made sense to say, all right, we could get Tim Tebow for a fourth-round pick. He's making $2 million. And like, I think that's one of the mistakes I made. It was like, all right, on paper, that's very logical. He just brings so many more eyeballs to it. I'll, right, tell, you, I'll tell you a really funny story. So um, in my house with our kids, we have a thing. You have to earn your dessert eligibility. You have to do something nice for that's somebody else. football guy of you, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, to have that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, we, we have Tim come in. 
and we're having dinner, and it's like, it, it could not have been more awkward. Like, you have Tim, you know, he's an icon, his agent, we have our trainer, his family, I got my mom in town from Boston, and my two kids, and it's like, okay, like, you know, <laughs> my 70-year-old Jewish mom, and Tim Tebow, like, how in the world are you gonna make conversation? Uh-huh. So I'm like, you know, hey mom, like, what'd you do today to earn dessert eligibility? So she's like, you know, I bought my coworker a turkey sandwich, I'm like, great mom, like, you get a chocolate chip cookie. So we kind of go around the table. So it finally gets to Tim. It could not be more awkward and stiff. And he's like, well, Mr. Tannenbaum, we have uh, seven pe- pe- pediatric cancer centers. We're buying yeah, two women out of sex slavery. I'm like, all right, Tim, you got a cookie. All right? like, my mom's turkey sandwich never looks so feeble. That's amazing. That's awesome. He is a hell of a guy. Um, all right, so I have one last question for you. This has been awesome. We really appreciate you coming in. Uh, you had a post about Coach K when he decided to retire, talking about social media and how his first three seasons didn't go so well and he probably would have been fired. What about the season that he uh, hurt his back and decided not to have any of those records count against his overall record? What about that? That's a fair point. My, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> my, my point about that was like we – and I'm as guilty as it now – but we're in this sort of like instant evaluation. No, you're absolutely right. The, the, obviously, the, the post is about like the the fact that every team, every fan base wants a revolving door, and a revolving door, like you know, I want I wanted the Bears to fire Matt Nagy, like you know, whether that's right or wrong, there probably is some some benefit to the you know having the, the same guys in the front office in the coaching staff for a few years. Big Cat, just to put a ribbon on our conversation, Bill Parcells, three twelve and one first year, he thinks he's going to get fired. The late George Young's going to hire Howard Schnellenberger to be the coach. It gets back to him, and he said he said it publicly, privately, that he's like, "F this! Like, if I'm going to go down, I'm not going to be everyone's friend. I'm going to try to be the best coach I could be the way I know how, and I don't care if people like me or not." And that launched his Hall of Fame career. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there it is. Um, have you officially changed your tune on Josh Allen? Hmm. Good question. Well, the context is this. He is a very good player, and historically, he has done something that no one else has in terms of uh, improving his completion percentage. With that said, he did get hurt at Wyoming, and if we were running the Bills, guys, look, we would sign him to an extension. I'm not saying we wouldn't, but I would be scared to death that because he's such a big guy and he plays the sport the way he does that will he make it through another five years. I hope he does, but like I said, he's been hurt once, and that would be— That's a a cop-out. You just did a cop-out. You Why is that like? Well, he's good, but the injuries. Just right. say he's good. Okay, and then you put your name on a two hundred million dollar contract. Done. Done. Josh Allen. Done. And you would have no right concerns. Now. None. I'll make it two hundred twenty. Because the cap doesn't mean anything. You cut him after a year if you had to. Uh, so I, I like him. He's gotten better, but that would worry me. Like he. The way he plays, like I hope he doesn't get hurt. But like I said, he, he already got hurt at Wyoming. All right, so, so, but if he if he like goes to the Super Bowl with the Bills, they had a great season last year. If he takes the Bills to the Super Bowl, at that point, you're like, you have to change your tune at some point. Yeah, right? no, absolutely. Oh, he and he like again, like if you look at the history of our sport, his increase in completion percentage is historically good. Like people don't leave college football and become as accurate as he has. The way you're saying that makes me think that you think it's an aberration. It is. I mean, that's the. But you think that it's not going to keep going? No, no, I would bet on him because his character, he's a great kid. He has a much better sense of humor, and he's, like, we got to know him in the pre draft process. He's a great kid, um, but he's really the exception. Yeah. Okay. So I I guess which which is the aberration? Josh Allen's uh, 
are you are you saying the aberration is his increased completion percentage from college? Or are you saying that last season was an aberration for him? No, no. I would say his aberration going from college to, and I think his trajectory will stay where it is. But okay, like one of the things we would talk about if we were to draft room, we'd say like, why would we take a guy from Wyoming who is not very accurate, and he didn't like lift Wyoming to greatness? Uh, and to Buffalo's credit, you know they they identified it. They won an Idaho Potato Bowl. I got a couple reasons. <laughs> they did. I mean, that flag flies forever. Rocket arm. <laughs> yeah, looks, looks good, good in shorts. shorts. Idaho Potato Bowl. I tall. Tall. There we go. And tall. Drafted him. Um, all right. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll just we'll just we'll end it on. You know, you you don't like Baker Mayfield. You don't like Josh Allen, but you like Jameis Winston. We can deal with that. Yes. We can yeah, build. I, off I'm of okay that. with Josh Allen. Uh, and, but and not you, Baker. I, no, I, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, Big Cat. If you want to be the seventh best, then I think you should go sign Baker Mayfield. Oh, we'll give man. us. A, all right. We'll, we'll we'll leave on a positive note. In the context of Jameis Winston, tell us something that we have to look forward to. Why you are a believer in Jameis Winston. He is someone that bet on himself and showed great humility a year ago by sitting behind Drew Brees. And that's hard to do when you're the first pick in the draft. Now, we have to go see it pay off, but I thought what it did was really be selfless and take long-term view. And not a lot of guys on the planet who are 27 that have started 70 games in our league. Yeah. yeah. And got yeah. LASIK eye surgery, too. Yeah. There you we go. See better. Yes, absolutely. All right, well, Mike Tannenbaum, you can catch him on ESPN. He's the uh, NFL insider, front office insider. We appreciate it. Appreciate uh, you having me, guys. Yeah, you're welcome thank back you. anytime. All right, thank you. Firefest of the Week is brought to you by our great friends over at Mattress Firm. Love Mattress Firm. You need to unjunk your sleep. A lot of people have a problem here in America. Everyone's exhausted. Everyone's out of it because they're not sleeping in a bed that's right for them. And the sleep that they are getting sucks. And this problem has a name. It's called junk sleep. Junk sleep is when you stay up too late. Junk sleep is working in bed before you go to sleep. Junk sleep is watching TV in bed before going to sleep. It's using your phone or tablet in bed when trying to go to sleep. Hand up. Junk sleep is not taking the time to unwind from the day and prepare for bed. Junk sleep is sleeping on a poor quality mattress and not talking to a mattress firm sleep expert. The sleep experts at Mattress Firm are going to match you to the best mattresses and sleep products out there based on your specific sleep preferences so you can get your best sleep possible. We're excited to be partnering with them for this year's Grit Week. Billy's going to be sleeping on a Mattress Firm mattress on board the Grit Week bus all week long. We're going to help spread the word how to unjunk your sleep. Go to Unjunk Your Sleep. Unjunk Your Sleep. Go to mattressfirm.com or the Mattress Firm store today. Speak with a sleep expert now. Unjunk that sleep. All right. We're going to wrap up the show with Fire Fest. Can I just say I'm, I'm reading the list right now of Mount Rushmore's that, that Jake just sent to us? Okay. There's there's some tough ones on there to read. They, they look worse. <laughs> Mine doesn't look so good. They look worse in word format than they did when we picked them. I do think Hank has too many meats. He does have too many meats. You're a meat lover. Yeah. Who, I who thought they took isn't. sausage. I don't know why I fucking thought that. I think Oregano. It's because, I know. I, it's those <laughs> it's a classic. It, it is a it classic. It brings out the real flavor of the pizza. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have gone ricotta. I don't know why I did that. Can is that you, the cheese that tastes like kind of sweet? It's yeah, like cottage it's like, cheese. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a dessert. No, cheese. I don't like ricotta. No, fuck that. I do. Some... I, I've also learned during this process that I don't know what I get on my pizza. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't know what basil versus spinach was because I usually just get a pepperoni pie. Yeah, Pe- I think when when Hank took pepperoni, one I should have gone through all of us off a yeah. little bit. Can fuck. we order pizza? Yeah, yeah. she really wants some. Right? My, my Firefest is pizza related. All right, let's start it. Let's you go. Fire Fest of the week, and we got some great interviews coming next week. 
Um, and then Grit Week the week after. So get excited. Uh, we will be out and about. We're also going to figure out a way, just a little announcement, we're going to figure out a way, a lot of people ask us to do their fantasy draft orders, we're going to streamline it. So we're probably going to have Billy just go on the the part of my take YouTube and do mm-hmm. all of them. Billy, are your DMs open? My DMs are open. All right, so if you need if you need Billy to figure out your fantasy draft order, just start DMing him all the names that you have right now. Actually, yes. no, email me. <laughs> no, DM is best. Yeah. Okay, DM yeah, and me. make sure you Rip. DM on Insta- Instagram and just Twitter did. just to make sure. Yeah. <sighs> right? Well, which do you prefer? Could you email both, me both. at <laughs> billyfootballpmt at gmail.com? <laughs> Wait, your email address is billyfootballpmt at gmail.com? Yeah. And just to throw out your, your barstool email too okay billy football at bar (laughs) (laughs) follow me on twitter billy hot takes (laughs) billy football me there (laughs) billy football pmt at gmail.com yes oh instagram's b1 lly football oh all right right. you're just gonna get them everywhere all right well at least i got interaction (laughs) all right so uh fire fest of the week hank last night i got a pizza but not a delivery pizza DiGiorno. Uh, made it in my oven, took it out, was starving. It's a process, you know, like 25, 30 minutes to get it get it finished. And I was starving when I put it in, so I was just waiting for it to come out. Finally got it out, cut it open, had the little pizza cutter, and then I just absolutely torched the, the roof. Oh, yeah. Like, I literally, I should have waited probably 10 minutes, and I just ate it. What's uh-huh. worse, biting your tongue or roof of your mouth burn? Roof of your mouth, because it's still... Yeah. I, like... Everything I eat, I just feel this burn on the top of my mouth. That's, yeah, that's really tough. It was the hot cheese that got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah, hot no, cheese. No toppings. It'll like stick there for a little bit. You were doing a little research. Yeah. Fuck. And you're like, you were closing your eyes. What would I love to have on this cheese pizza? Mm. What What do you think is worse, biting your tongue or biting your cheek? Because I've been on a real Ooh. tear biting my cheek the last. Tongue. Whoa. And like, or lip. If you get the lip bite and mm-hmm. then it's bigger, and then you keep biting it. Yeah, and then you're like, no, it's not a herp. No, the yeah. tongue. The tongue bleeds more. Okay. Okay. It's good to know. That's true. Yeah. All right. More more circulation. Yeah. No. You, I, you bite your tongue. You, you just say out. shit, and I just believe you it. You can bleed out if you <laughs> no, bite your tongue I, hard enough. You can die by biting. I your don't tongue. know about that, but I bit my tongue once. <laughs> I was bleeding for like three hours. <laughs> that that's what it's based off of. Yeah. You can bleed. <laughs> said you can bleed out. You ble- I, I think it might be possible. I'll Google it. Yeah. Please do. Oh man. Uh, yeah. That's tough, Hank. So still still burning Thoughts right and now. Prayers. Yeah, yeah, that's. Brutal. I can feel it. Yep, you got to eat more ice cream. Can't get, get away burn. from it. That's actually a good call. I'm gonna have to yeah. do that after. Yep. Yes, take care of yourself. Take care of your mentals. Uh, take my care of each other. my fire fest. Peace and love, baby. I've I got two fire fests, and I've been a little bit public with both of them. But my first is that my apartment is just a complete and utter war zone. Mm-hmm. It looks like people were negotiating with RG three in there. It's got the the ceiling has been all peeled off. It's got mold that's coming because the apartment directly upstairs from me has been having renovations done on it for the past, I don't know, like three, four weeks. Yep. So every time it rains, they've done something where it leaks through and the the rainwater from the top floor, because I'm on the, the JV penthouse, no big deal, uh, it, it seeps down into my ceiling and is starting to form cracks and brown spaces and... Uh, I got back from the shore house last weekend, and I looked up at my ceiling, and it honestly, I could not recognize my own ceiling in my apartment, so I'm pretty sure that I'm just breathing in mold Oof. 24-7 now, and I heard them trying to work on it yesterday, and it was seriously the sound of a man walking around upstairs in what sounded to be like 8 to 12 inches of water 
And so I'm just... I, <laughs> They're I, just wading through water? I'm assuming that I'm just... I'm completely Can I spin fucked. zone? Yeah. Uh, for all the drugs that you don't do, yeah. uh, kind of like a new trip staring at your ceiling. Good point. You know? Like, it's a totally new experience. And it's probably increasing the humidity in my apartment for all the drugs that I don't grow. Correct. Correct. Okay. There would, it would actually be a... Uh, if you can maybe black out your shades, it sounds like a perfect... Environment for mushrooms. A trip chamber. To grow. I've got the new trip chamber. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but it, it, it honestly kind of does suck because yeah. for what you pay to you live know, in it, New York City. You, you showed pictures. It definitely sucks. It sucks big time. <laughs> yeah. And then you try to get in touch with your super and your landlord and all that stuff, and they've got a million other things to do with their slums that they manage, so it takes forever to come out. It's just, uh, if I don't show up for work one day, you'll just know that the mold got me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my other fire fest is that nobody wants to come see Limp Bizkit with me in this room. Yeah. But that's well, fine. I have a... You, you're going to be out of town. I'll be out of town. Hank's taking care of his mentals this weekend. Yep. Billy and Jake and Liam just all just just ghosted me. I gave them an... I in- take full accountability. Hand up. Yeah. I, I apologize. I extended an invitation to you guys to come to my luxurious Could have just downvoted house. the text. Yeah. You don't actually want me to come there. I would not have invited you. Are you I know it was, was that like a statement or is I that a know, question? I know it's like a polite invite to invite me, so thank you. But I'm not going to actually pressure you and go. If you want to come, just say that you want to come. No, back. it's cool. I, like, thank you for including me. That was nice. But I'm not going to be Billy, like, that was nice actually you take him. you up on it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it just it, you it put yourself sucks. out there. I, I did, but you also put yourself out there knowing two uh, a quarter of the room was going to say no, no matter what. And Hank had already said no to me privately, and you knew because, I was out of town. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of set yourself up to fail. Well, I I would have expected a response. Like if the, I was around town, I would have given you the courtesy uh, thanks, but no thanks. I would have expected a response at least from Jake. Yeah, I, hand but, up. But Jake, I, I should have answered and said no. Jake, I'm guess sorry. What? Maybe mm. maybe my expectations for you are higher than your expectations for yourself. That's true. If I didn't still have moving boxes all over my house, I probably would do it. But yeah, I got it. I got to do it at some yep. point. No, I feel awful. After. Thank you for the invite. Um, all right, my fire fest is. I am going to be out of town. I'm going on a bachelor party. I'm very worried about that uh, and the hangover that will ensue. But more than that, it's the fire fest that I am halfway through. Uh, Outer Banks season two, and I just want to finish it. Like I'd rather just finish it than go out of town. What time zone is this bachelor party? In? Uh, it is in Central Time. Zone. Shit, be <laughs> careful! Out. I will be careful, Hank. I will be very <laughs> careful about this. Outer Banks season situation. two kicks ass, dude. Ah, I just want to finish it. It's so good. Rafe might be my breakout star of the century. Uh, JJ <laughs> is maybe my favorite character in any television show of all time. Yeah, and I love one of the things I like the most about Outer Banks is. They'll just like somebody will be getting strangled and then they'll cut to a completely different no scene somewhere else <laughs> and then they'll talk for about five minutes. Yes. And then they'll go back and so the, the person strangle. is still getting strangled. Yes. And oh, they like, also they also just no one dies. The, the, right. the premise like the canon of season one was like there's no cell phones. None of these people have cell phones. Right. And then, they all have cell phones. Yeah. That's how they're all. It's it's a great show. The writing is super <laughs> tight. It's, this isn't a spoiler. But if you watch season one, um, they happen to just. Go from a shipwreck to a boat that just took them like two two feet from uh, Sarah's house. Yeah, so that was that was convenient. Well, would you say the writing of the show <laughs> is so strong that it doesn't even bother me that the show clearly doesn't take place in the Outer Banks. Right, that it obviously takes place in like South it's Carolina. It's a great show. I also yeah. think Rafe. They might. They might be. Uh, what is it called? Character acting. Like he might just be high on coke the whole time. Because mm-hmm. I like in real life. Mm-hmm. That's how good he is playing a cokehead. That's lost his mind. I just love a murderous cokehead. I love JJ's plans. JJ has a plan for everything. Yeah, he, he does. He, everyone needs to have a friend like JJ that's willing to to go all out for him. I also I'm starting to get annoyed. Like, I why is he John B? 
What do you mean? Like, what is his last name B? Yeah. But why do they call him that? It's B E A U G H. Right. But why? Jumby. I thought B was his middle name. No, that was a joke. Yeah. I don't know why they call him Jumby. Yeah, it's funny because like somebody would be shooting, annoyed, somebody would be shooting a gun at them, and they'll go, "Watch out, John B." Yeah, right. <laughs> I love it. But even no, in great. like, but yeah. Stephen A. Smith is Stephen A. Right? But if you saw him and you were like hanging out with him, you were best friends with him, you wouldn't be like Stephen A. I think I would. I think I, I would think too. So. Yeah, I, would. I, think I, I think I would. I think it's a sign Stephen. of respect, <laughs> Stephen A. But yeah, uh, just don't watch the show if you've ever looked at a map or a globe, or you like fun. Uh, things like dialogue. And plot lines that make Continuity. sense. Continuity. Yeah, no, don't. It's turn your brain off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, your fire fest. So uh, another salad related thing. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I ordered ahead. <laughs> what a sentence to start that with. Yeah, on the up a uh, restaurant rhymes with sus jalad. No free ads. Um, sus jalad. Getting even yeah. better. Yeah. So I ordered <laughs> my salad ahead, and I ended up ordering it ahead to the one next to my apartment. There's one right here. They said they oh. had to order, and I had to pay double. No. They wouldn't transfer it over. Damn. So it was $23 dude, salad. That's a tough that, week, dude. That one legitimately has the worst customer service I've, like, Yeah, of I mean, I'm not going to throw them under yeah. the bus, the but... People legitimately just ignore you when yeah. you walk in. Yeah, they, they kinda, I actually respect that. Yeah, like, I think, they like, care medium, so little. Medium customer service pisses me off, but when you walk in and it's just, like, we don't care... I kind of like, you know what? That's fucking badass. Yeah. Like, you're aloof. I mean, I'm there every day. So, like, I develop some sort of, like, eye contact relationship with people where, right. like, they kind of know who I am. But well, clearly not because they, yeah, they didn't free care. salad. Yep. You, so, we paid double. Do you have a usual if you walk in? No, I like, like, will it be the usual, sir? No, because I ordered ahead. Okay. Yeah. There's, like, Jake. Like, yeah. But I, I agree with Big Cat. There's something almost French about that type of service yeah. where, like, if, I don't know if you've ever been to France or experienced a, a Parisian restaurant. But you walk in and they're just like, oh, this guy's lucky enough to be dining with us. Right. Like, I'll get to him. <laughs> Actually, the, the worst was one time I, I went to an outdoor cafe in Paris and they came over to me and they, I didn't say a word to them. They just immediately took the menu off the table and then put the English menu in front of me. Yep. And they took away the ashtray that Ooh. was there. And I was like, that was a lot of assumptions. And, and they, they were, nailed them. And they were right. So <laughs> I got mad. I went to the store next door and bought a pack of cigarettes just to be like, I need the ashtray back. Yeah. You showed it's them. It's a shame because I'm a loyal customer there. But Yeah, you are. Yeah, no, it's tough. It, it's yeah, a tough it week. All right, Billy. Uh, my first fire fest is I'm sorry that I brought some bad vibes into the room when I first came in when no, I was No, it was late. great. The show was awesome. No, it was, actually, it was actually a perfect peek into like basically every Billy interaction. Yeah, Come okay. in, blame everyone else, <laughs> then be like, you know what? Actually, it was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was my first Firefest. Second Firefest is I forgot to bring underpants to the gym for when I changed. <laughs> so I had to go commando the other day. Sir, wait, are you commando right now? The other day. Okay. Wait, no. Well, no he's commando, right, commando now. right now. And no, he's not. blaming it on Let's another see. workout. No, I'm not. Show what, us your what underwear. Color underwear you Show wear, us your me undies. I. You can't do HIPAA. Yeah, that's a HIPAA violation. No, you're no, not wearing underwear. No, no I'm not no, asking you to show day, us your balls. It was show us your underwear. <laughs> I'm not. Show not us your underwear. Like a George Kittle. Um, just, no, I'll get, no, just pull no, your underwear up on the side. Cool. Yeah, my, yeah, my pull your underwear up. Look, is Billy, that I look what I'm doing. Started, See that? Here's my underwear. I started. Here's my underwear. I started a new wait, show. Oh, wait, look, look there. I started a new. I started a new show. Wait, wait. I started a new show. Yeah, and yeah. I can't tell anybody about the show because I'm scared they're going to spoil it for me because it's a really old show. But it's a really good show, but I want to talk to someone about it who won't spoil it for me. The Wire. Uh, it's The Wire. It is The Wire. No. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Walter White dies in the end. Fuck. 
No, wait, okay, seriously? I didn't, no, Fuck. actually. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but yeah, that's my other fire Brand fest. King. Yeah, and it's lame. No. Hmm. <sighs> but it's a really good show. It involves planes. Michael Scott quits, and then the, comp- the show sucks. Oh, is it, are you watching Lost? He's watching Lost. Actually, no. Whoa. What other plane show is there? Wings. It's are, old? Top, Top Gun's not a show. No. It's a movie. No. Okay. MASH. Billy's definition of old, though, is like when you guys were Yeah, that's age, true. So that's, that's what you guys point. have to think of. What point. show involves planes? It's actually not that old. It's like, oh, it's like it not, just yeah, came not out. That, yeah, like, not that old. Five. Oh, flight <laughs> you said really old show. Is it The Flight Attendant? No. That's a good show, too. Are it's you watching parties. Catch Me If You Can? No. Okay. Anyway, uh, that's my fire. Can fest. you write it down? Everyone guess what show Billy's watching. And spoil we'll make this a real fire fest. Bucko. <laughs> no, please don't spoil it for me. I'm really invested in it. Uh, Why did you bring it up? <laughs> like, every time I've done that, I've just watched the show, and then at the end, I'm like, hey, I just watched this show. Yeah. Well, anyway, back to... there's a You huge... just tempted everyone. I did. Yeah. Okay. But also, didn't have to show my underwear. Um, so there's a huge... Are we on to the recap? Yes. So there's a huge debate online uh, about LeBron James stands saying that he could knock out Mike Tyson if he was training in his prime. Are you watching Manifest? What? What? Yes. No. Yes, I am. Yes. Yes. I've never seen it. Fuck. It's not old. They literally just had the last season. 2018. (laughs) 2018. I just searched show about planes. That was season one. I've watched it too. I searched show about planes popular. (laughs) That's the first one that came up. (laughs) It's really freaking good. Okay. Um... Anyway, so so we're talking about how the Olympics is breaking a bunch of track records recently. Wait, yeah. wait, go back to the LeBron James and, and Mike Tyson thing. That I'm pretty sure that was just bait. Yeah, yeah it was clickbait. I, but LeBron James would obviously beat up Mike Tyson. He's way bigger, Billy. Dude, Billy, reach. He's bigger. Reach Tyson. Yeah, yeah, but, but reach. LeBron James is like six nine. And LeBron's Mike, tough. He's never flopped, and he Mike, weighs more. Mike Tyson has not. LeBron's been out. like fifty street fights. Jeez. Yeah, Mike easily. Tyson is like Mike, five ten and weighs like yeah. two thirty. Mike Tyson's been in zero basketball games. So one of the so uh, people are saying that one of the reasons why so many Olympic track uh, world records have been broken recently is because of two combined things. One, Nike released these new um, track spikes that are supposed to be like having like uh, Carson Warmholm said that it was like having trampolines on your feet. That's sick. and like it's new technology and like everyone's copying it and basically it's like like Usain Bolt's record is going to go out the window like, right. when someone who actually moon shoes yeah, yeah. like moon shoes and then and, the track right in the bouncy track. Bounce yeah, so, I, so I, I I read about that. It's basically, and I kind of love this that every host Olympics wants to break a bunch of records, so they just make the track better. It's a Mickey Mouse Olympics. Wow, but they do that every Olympics, yeah. I think. Like that's what I was reading. That basically yeah. every Olympic, every host city and host country is like, how can we make this legal but also break all the records? Yeah, well, they were way more lenient this year. Huh. They think so. It it puts. The legacy of a lot of great runners up in the air because that's why I'm not catching Olympic fever this year. Yeah, no, but I, I'm fine with with the tracks being different year to year. I, I'm totally cool with that, and also the oxygen thing. You you forgot about that? Yeah, of course, more oxygen. They should do a decathlon, but just for uh, weather, like running like, in it's snow. So, it's all the 400 meter. The 400 meter is the only event: snow, rain, hurricane, like hundred degrees, freezing. 
That would be uh, cool. I actually think that there should just be a Summer Olympics held during the wintertime outdoors, yep. like snow football. Yep. You get snow track. Yes. That'd be sick. In for that. Is that it? And also, you can't bleed out by biting your tongue, but there was a medieval torture where they'd cut out your tongue and uh. make you strangle on your blood. Uh. Um, Good yeah. recap, Billy. Sweet. Great job. Sweet. Uh, all right, numbers? 70. 69. 99. I can't believe I got the Eight. number exactly. Six. What a waste. Eight. Polar bears and grizzly bears can make a growler bear hybrid. Which is actually really cool. You should Google them. Oh, fuck. I thought I had it for a second. Can we get pizza? Yeah. Damn it. Growler bear. Yeah, get my pizza. Love Pineapple, ricotta, two olives, onions. Love Can you guys. Can we get anchovy, half anchovy? It's also called a pizzly. Depends on the who's the father, who's the mother. Which one's which? I think the father's the pizzly, the mother's the growler. <laughs> I think you just made that up completely. Love you guys. Pardon my take, presented by Barstool Sports.